So the other day, Susie, my wife, was digging through a box of old cell phones and MP3 players. And we were shocked at how far and how fast technology has come. But one of the things that intrigued me the most was how you accessed information about that particular electronics. I started digging through a box and I found instructions from my Palm Pilot. Remember those? And then I found a CD for my first cell phone. Reminds me of the woman who, true, true, called the tech help support and said, I, I don't know how to use my phone. And he said, well, just put the CD in and it will walk you through that. She goes, well, I don't know where to put the CD. He goes, you put it in the CD player on your computer. It, it's a tray that comes out with a round hole. She goes, you mean the cup holder? And then as phones got smaller, so the instruction manual got smaller. And even my iPhone 4 came with an instruction manual. But my iPhone 6 did not. By the time you've reached iPhone 6, they figure either you should know how to operate it, or if you don't know, someone around you will. Or you can go online to the tutorials. However, the tutorials don't cover everything. And there is a ton of stuff that your iPhone can do that you may not be aware of. I'm gonna show you three this morning, okay? So if you have your iPhone, take it out. And I know you're not supposed to have your phone out unless you're using it for a Bible app on Sunday mornings, but I'm giving you permission, take your phone out. Just make sure it's muted, okay? For those of you that don't have an iPhone, uh, sorry, take notes. Take notes. Then you could impress your friends who have iPhones for how much you know about their phone, okay? So there are a lot of things your iPhone can do that you may not be aware of. For instance, did you know that your iPhone can be used as a level? <laughs> did you know that? All right, here you go. All right, go to your home screen, all right? Go to your home screen. And then find where your compass is. Normally it's under utilities or something like that. So find your compass, open up the compass. Once it's open, flick left. And there is the, compass, the, the level. And once the circles are right over each other, it's level. Cool, huh? All right. As your phones have gotten larger, so one finger texting has gotten more difficult, right? Well, did you know that you can shift the keyboard of your iPhone for texting, all right? Show you how to do that. All right, so go back to your home screen, right? And then open up your messages. Go to a new message, see the keyboard, find the smiley face emoji or your globe, hold it down, and then you'll see a keyboard. If you want the keyboard to shift left, press that. If you want the keyboard to shift right, hold down the emoji again, click on the right one, and the keyboard shifts right. You can hit the arrow or hold down the emoji again to go back to the middle. Your keyboard can shift to either side. Some of you don't have your phones out and you're not taking notes. How are you gonna impress your iPhone friends? <laughs> all right, last thing. We all have uh, different ringtones for people in our contacts, right? That you can decide who you don't wanna talk to right away without even having to open the phone, right? That was, that was a joke. Of course I'd take your phone call. All right, so 
There are times, like at church, when you don't want your phone on, and so you put it to vibrate. But did you know that you can have custom-made vibrations for a particular contact in your phone? Did you know that? All right. Isn't that as exciting? You can do that. I'm going to show you how to do that. Okay, go back to your contact, uh, your home screen again. Ready? All right, this one, you're going to go through a lot of different screens, so follow along. On your home screen, open up settings. In settings, hit sounds. In sounds, hit ringtones. Ringtones, slide it down until you find vibration. Click on that, tap that. Then go down the middle, it says custom. Click on that, and there in that screen, tap whatever rhythm you want. Dump, da da dump, 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 dump. Hit stop. Hit save, call it whatever you want, and then assign it to that particular contact. So that if uh, you're in a meeting and, and you want to know if you get a phone call from someone or your kids or your husband or your wife or your mom, whoever it might be, you know, Mom would be, da-na-na-na, you know, whatever. But, you know, you can have a custom, custom vibration. All right, I know what you're thinking. Why is my pastor teaching us about iPhones on Sunday morning? And what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit? That is a great question. That is a great question. What do iPhones and the Holy Spirit have in common? Well... Just as there are a number of things that your iPhone can do that you may not be aware of, there are a whole lot of things the Holy Spirit can do in your life that many of us are not aware of. And I want to look at that this morning as Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit to the disciples as we continue our series in the Gospel of John. And so before you open up your Bible app on your phone, or follow along on the screens in John chapter 14. Would you join me first in a word of prayer? Lord God, as we come to your word this morning, I pray that we would discover great things about that which we already have. The Holy Spirit has so blessed us, so gifted us, overwhelmingly empowering us. But Lord, there's so little of him that we use. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that we would learn how to access more and more of the applications of the Holy Spirit in our life, that our lives would truly, truly be changed as you've intended them to be. Lord, lead us to your word, lead us to your truths, and lead us to the Spirit in greater depth, we pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Chapters 14 through 17 of the Gospel of John, which we have now reached in our series Jesus is um, briefing and preparing his disciples for his departure. He's um, giving them what they need, not only for the next 60 hours of their life, which are going to be incredibly difficult, but really for, for their future and for the future church as well. He's uh, pouring into them and through them us some important things uh, to be able to live past the death and what will be the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In chapter 14, verse 17, uh, chapter 14, verse 15, he says this, if you love me, you will obey my command and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Now the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. So Jesus starts then 
to teach them about the Holy Spirit. And there's a couple of words in here in this introduction to the Holy Spirit's coming uh, that I think must have surprised the disciples. Uh, First, uh, I think the word another must have surprised them. Another, what does that mean? We have another coming. If you look in John's letter, his first letter to chapter, uh, chapter two, verse one, John says this, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. We have an advocate, and that advocate is Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus says, I'm going to send you another advocate, what he is saying is, I'm going to send you someone like myself. The another is someone just like myself. Uh, And then he describes this someone, just like himself, as an advocate. In Greek, the word is parakletos or paraklete, and it uh, literally means someone who's called alongside you. It's to call alongside, calling someone uh, to help you. Uh, Some of your old translations, or maybe even your Bible today, might use the word counselor. Um, That is a, uh, a poor translation of the word. Uh, Advocate means someone who is invested in helping you, someone who's personally invested uh, in getting the best for you and helping you through something. Um, A counselor can offer advice, can offer counsel, but it doesn't mean you take it. Uh, They're very sort of neutral. They're, They're more passive in their help. An advocate is actively involved in helping you. So Jesus says that another advocate will be coming to you. And the question, of course, must have been, who is that? Who is this other person like Jesus that will be coming? He goes on to describe that person, that advocate, as the spirit of truth. Elsewhere in um, chapter uh, 14, verse 26, he says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Uh, Chapter 15, verse 26, he says, when the advocate comes whom I will send you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about us. So Jesus Christ promises them another advocate who's just like himself. And then he goes on to tell them who that advocate is, the Holy Spirit. Now in the Old Covenant, and remember, the disciples were, were men of the old covenant. The Holy Spirit um, was not, a, not clearly visible. In fact, the Trinity isn't clearly visible in the old covenant. There are uh, glimpses of it uh, in creation. God says, let us, plural, make humankind in our, plural, image. Uh, the disciples were well of, uh, aware of a spirit that would come upon people. Uh, in the old covenant, it was thought that the spirit was just simply a force of God. But here in the New Testament, we see all three members of the Trinity come together. The Father sends the Son, the Messiah. The Son and the Father send the Spirit. Jesus reveals the Trinity all involved in our sanctification, our salvation, and our justification. All three members of the Trinity are involved in our life. 
Just as all three were involved in our creation, so all three are involved in our salvation. Jesus says, the Father will send the Spirit, I will send the Spirit, and he will teach you and be with you. Now, another surprising thing that Jesus said would have also, I think, been a little bit disconcerting to the disciples. Jesus went on to say, but I tell you the truth, it's for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus said, it's, not, uh, it's for your good that I leave. It's for your good that I leave. And I'm sure the disciples must have been a little surprised by this. What could be better than Jesus in the flesh, right? How many of us haven't wished we could see Jesus in the flesh? How many of us wish we could have been there with the disciples, walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, touched Jesus, watched him as he taught and engaged people and as he healed people? How many of us haven't thought, oh, I just would have loved to have been there? Many of us have thought, you know, if I could have been there, I'd be a much better Christian if I could just see Jesus. Jesus is saying, no, you wouldn't be. And it isn't better for you to have seen me in the flesh. The disciples don't have anything better than what we have. So Jesus says, really the best thing I can do for you is to leave and send you the Holy Spirit. How is that good? How is that better than having Jesus? Well, the Apostle Paul tells us that when Jesus became enfleshed, he gave up certain attributes of God. He uses the word he emptied himself. He let go certain attributes that were his being God. The most obvious attribute Jesus let go was being omnipresent. He couldn't be more than one place in the flesh. The flesh prevented him from being everywhere and anywhere at any one time. The spirit doesn't have that limitation the spirit is omnipresent and so where in the old testament the spirit would sort of come upon someone for a task and then depart jesus tells us that when i give the holy spirit when the holy spirit comes here the holy spirit will dwell within every single believer he uh, says in verse 14 chapter 16 again he said and i will ask the father and I will give you another advocate to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The, word cannot, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. Now watch this. He lives with you and will be in you. Jesus said the spirit is not limita uh, limited by the flesh. That's why it's better that I go and he come. He will be in you. He will live inside of you and will always be with you. Every single believer has the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of them who will never leave us. Jesus said, it's good that I go. This is what will happen. This is what you'll receive with this other advocate if I leave you. Second thing is what he will do for us. What he will do for us and what he will do in us. A couple of months ago, we had our high five for, our, uh, for the children, the kids, not only of, of Centerpoint, but for Placer County. High five is a half-day, week-long camp experience with uh, children. 
And uh, every day the kids have lessons and activities and it's just really a wonderful time. And the place was packed and overflowing with children. It was just an incredible week. It, before Hi-Fi starts every morning, we have a worship and devotion time with the volunteers. And we use the devotion time to go over the lesson that will be taught to the children. So they're learning the same things that the kids are learning. That particular morning was on the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I thought to myself, what, what do I say? I have 10 minutes to talk about the Holy Spirit. Uh, do I talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit? Do I talk about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? Do I talk about tongues? Do I talk about the gifts? What, what, do, what do I talk about in 10 minutes? So I thought, you know, let me just start with doing a word search on the Holy Spirit. And so I uh, brought up my uh, word search program and I did wrote in Holy Spirit and hit search. And I was blown away. Get that? <laughs> the Greek word for spirit and the Hebrew word for spirit is breath. Blown. I was amazed <laughs> at all that the spirit does. I, unbelievable. Look at this with me. Look, this is what the Holy Spirit does with, in us and through us. First of all, we receive him. We speak by him. We live by him. We are in step with him, worshiped through him, made alive by him. Look at what he does. He is the seal of God over your life. He strengthens us, encourages us, speaks to us, speaks through us, gifts us, stops us, comes upon us, compels us. He warns us, he leads us, he controls us, he lives in us, he testifies to us, he intercedes for us, he gives us access to the Father, gives us peace, he gives us joy, he gives us the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. He washes us, renews us, sanctifies us, searches our hearts and minds, teaches us, is with us forever, convicts us of sin. He justifies us, reminds us of Jesus' words, guides us in truth, and he empowers us. And the one word that's used more often than anything the Holy Spirit does in us is that word empower, or he gives us power. That is a huge list. And that's why Jesus said, it's good that I leave you. Because when I leave you, I will be able to send to you and the Father will be able to send you the Holy Spirit. So here's the question. When you look through that list, are all those things being experienced in your life? As you look at that list, can you say, oh yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. So really, the question is, am I experiencing all the Spirit can do in me? Am I experiencing all that the Spirit can do in me? The Spirit doesn't want us to experience some things or a few things. He wants us to experience all that he can do in us. Now the question, of course, is, well, if we aren't, why? And how do we experience more of the Spirit? We're gonna take a couple weeks to look at that in the Gospel of John as we continue this whole view and look at how do we become filled with the Spirit? How do we experience these things that the Spirit gives us? But let me just say this. 
I really don't care if this table's level. I'm a terrible texter. And moving the keyboard isn't going to change that. And while it's cool to have different vibrations, it's not going to change my life. So the things I don't know that my cell phone can do aren't going to really affect my life much. But the things the Spirit can do that I'm not aware of, that can affect my life. Experiencing all that the Spirit gives us is life-transforming. It's life-changing. It's life-successful. And it seems to me that maybe we just need to start paying a little more attention to this instead of this. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for all that you have given us. And I pray, Lord God, we would start using all that you have given us for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen.